Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 60. Yes, I said 60 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. And we circle back to the guy that was our first ever co-host way back when. I forgot. Yeah, I was number one, wasn't I? You were nice. right out of the gate there, Trevor May of the New York Mets. How you doing? Doing good. How are you? I am great. Can you believe we made it 60 episodes so far? They haven't canceled us yet. I can't believe it. The beauty is no one can cancel you. You just keep doing this. You know? Even if, okay. if John was like, I hey, take that out, you're like, no. And then there you go. <laughs> I never thought Don't of it that play. way. I like that. I like that. Um, I, I think we have to hand out you are the best athlete award of our Rose Rotation members after what happened a few weeks ago on your uh, your, I'm not going to call it a failed attempt because it was such an amazing attempt. Yeah, no one was moving. I literally like, look, if you look up in the corner, <laughs> VR didn't move a step either. Like neither one, him or the catcher, no one moved. So I was like, oh, well, Hazy Aguilar, let's not give him extra pitches to see, please. That'd be great. I mean, that was an all-out sprint. Uh, how, wind, how winded were you after that? I was just mad. I was oh. mad I didn't catch it. I was running on a lot of adrenaline. I didn't, I didn't care about the, about the run at all. Even though I, I don't run hard in any short distances ever. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I was just mad that I dropped it, or, Yo, or didn't, didn't get there. Didn't get yeah. there. See, I got caught between wanting to dive head like straight up head first, like Superman style, uh -huh. or or to slide. Like had I just gone straight up just forward and just went for it, I would have, I would have caught it. It probably would have looked awesome. As you were walking back to the mound, was there any part of you that said, oh, my God, how much play is this going to get on? 100 percent. I knew immediately. I was like, content. <laughs> I can't wait to post that later. See that that little freeze frame right there. That's my display picture. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It is excellent. It really is good. That's big yeah. man tumbling, by the way. That is. I, I did. My wrist did not feel good after that either. I was pretty Ooh. sore the next day. I actually didn't pitch because I couldn't catch the ball. Uh, but we got ice on it. I mean, we did it. We did a bunch of treatment the next day. It was like 80% gone. So, but I literally was down the next day pitching because my wrist was sore. Uh, I forgot. Did you ever play football? I did. Uh, until 10th grade. And then I stopped. Baseball. Even though you were a monster back then. I was a big guy, uh, but I, would, I was a quarterback and our, our football program was like, just handed to our running back and stand there. So it wasn't very fun to be a quarterback for Kelso high school. So I was like, eh, doesn't really mean a lot to me so we'll just play baseball during this time that's what could, happened could you throw it all like i imagine oh, you yeah. Could. oh yeah uh, I, I i would go home in the off season and uh when i was in the minors and they probably wouldn't like that i'm saying this but uh all my friends were in a fr fraternity and they play the flag football fraternity games and then they just like i could be the ringer be the quarterback oh. and just drop back and throw oh well, not only that then they'd have me run out and just be tall bigger than everybody and you like, were that guy. I used to go against guys like that all the time and get yeah. so pissed out. So yeah. here you are, pro athlete, coming home and being the ringer of yeah. the flag football team. Yeah, exactly. Jerk. Yeah, I didn't like it. Well, nothing's gone on with the Mets since we last spoke. It's been nope. very quiet. Yeah, very quiet. No. <laughs> Where do we begin? Let, um, I guess let's begin with the most recent, since John Boy did a 15-minute breakdown on the whole whistle situation yeah 15 minute oh trust me they talked about it on the broadcast for about an hour yesterday <laughs> so did did you have any idea why there was a dust up on the field when you were sitting in the bullpen 
we knew about the whistling thing um the, from the day before so but 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 like we didn't know we assumed it had something to do with that um and i guess it turns out that wandy who is pitching is the guy who whistles mm-hmm. like he's the i didn't know that either none of us knew that he was he's like the one that's really good at whistling but i guess it's just something he, that they said that it's something he does and and to be honest like a lot of this stuff is is a lot of the stuff we're doing is just fire them up such stuff like it's like a yeah they could have been doing that we don't know for sure but i'm gonna take effect i'm gonna i'm gonna take it personally anyways just in case they were i'm just not gonna let it slide and then they were like i don't really know what you're talking about like, you know what i mean it was it was a little bit of communication uh, discommunication mm-hmm. seemed like but it didn't really matter like there didn't actually it was a michael jordan situation does that make sense like we saw something we used it as fuel and Frankie uses fuel for that game. So, um, and he does that. Like, I, I'm going to be honest last year, he had, uh, he had the running thing with, uh, with Romo last year and he used it as motivation. Every time he went out, he just said there was a little extra he had against Romo. I've talked to him specifically about other guys on the twins. That I, he secretly had like internal vendettas with that. They didn't know about that. Like he just did. He like wanted to beat them a little bit extra just because of something they did earlier in their career. Even though, even if it was minimal, he, he literally, he sometimes does. Like he's able to do that a little bit, like just kind of make up a little bit, maybe embellish the story a little bit in your head, just to like get a little extra when you're facing that guy or facing that team. Um, because to play this game, I'm going to be honest, you got to find it. You got to like, you got to create pools of energy in places. And sometimes, uh, sometimes it comes down to just be like, that guy doesn't like me, even though you have no idea if he does or not. I have a couple of those guys hitters where there's, there's some, like they look back at me or something all the time. But I think it's just what they do, and it's not anything to do with me. But I just see it as like, a, why does this guy not? I just assume I've assumed for years that they just don't like me a little bit more than I, just uh, your regular guy that they don't face that often. Is there um, one I, guy you can tell us, like maybe he's retired and moved on, or doesn't play anymore? Uh, to be honest, off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone who's retired. Okay. They're all still playing, so I'm gonna I'll, right. I'll keep. But like again, like I don't even know. It's like it's like you noticed it once, like in 2012. Yeah, and then. You played against him again eight years later, and you're like, "This is perfect. Is he still not?" Like-? And you're, but then you realize that you don't even know if he didn't like you from the beginning. So if like you were on the same team, you asked him about it, and they'd be like, "No, I don't. What? I've never even thought that in my life." You're like, "Wow, that was so." It's just so sports. Like that's you have to find competitive ways to compete uh, that way. Oh, it's funny because in 2010 I was covering <clears throat> the World Series for Fox, and that was the first year the Rangers had made it. And Mike Napoli, I was doing like pre-World Series interviews, and I had to sit down with Ian Kinsler and somehow the topic of Mike Napoli had come up because he had just come over to the Rangers and been such a big part of their team. And Kinsler was like, yeah, Napoli and I hated each other when he was with the angels. I was like, really? He goes, yeah, I hated the way that he always had his shirt, his Jersey unbuttoned to like his navel because I thought it was totally tired. And he hated me because every time I'd like pop a ball up or miss a pitch, he'd throw his bat and put his head down. You know how Kinsler used to do that. Yeah. He goes, we hate each, each other's other. antics. And now he's like, we're best friends. And I think that happens so much with teams is that you despise a guy. And then he comes in your clubhouse. And you're like, you're awesome. It happens enough too, to where you're like, you assume you're like, that guy's probably awesome to have on your team. Just not fun to play against. And there has, there's, there's an element like the 2000, 2015 Blue Jays with JD and, and Tony Batista, Joey Bats and, Tony Batista, sorry, Jose Batista, uh, and Arncanacion and Tulo, Tulo at the end of the year. Like, everyone, I, they, they were really easy to hate. Like, you just, but that was part of their thing. 
But again, any of those guys, like I've heard nothing but good things about, I played with JD and I've never heard nothing but good things about Joey Betts and, and Carnacio. Like they're great guys, they're good, good leaders and good teammates. And, but just together, that, that was their shtick. Uh, but I played against teams like that all the time. We used to think it, we were always like, ah, oh, with the Fetty Wap thing with freaking Kansas City. And we're just like, dude. But it was their, like, we hated them because they beat us all the time. And then that was just part of like something you had to hear all the time when you played them. And it, it became synonymous with like getting beat by a good team. Uh, and so it's like we create these things in our head, guys that we're just like out on. And it happens all the time. You're like, oh, I'm out on that guy. I'm tired of that. Like that's that's stupid walking around the mound or guys you strut a little bit differently or you're young, you know, whatever. Guys you seem like, I don't know, there's there's some weird, there's some weird things that we I key on, especially. I'm like, why does this? At very first, I've uh, uh, um, when I played against Stro in the minors, I was like, man, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> but I love Stro. Like, and and to be honest, as I've gotten older and realized like, like how purposeful all of it is, like, it, it, I'm all in on it. Like, do whatever you want. Like, I used to think that there was a way that you had to do things, and now I'm just like, whatever makes you happy, man. Because this game, like, if you're out here just doing things to do them, just to like fit in, like to maintain the photo the game will eat you live that that is something that i've learned from new york city 100 well but it's interesting because i think a lot of even a half generation up from you will look at a guy like marcus stroman and be like god it's so tired like i hate that expression that's so tired you don't know what's going through his brain or what he needs to guys what is he five nine maybe yeah and yeah well i said i'm out there talking to myself all the time like i could see people thinking i'm tired and you just got to be okay with that. I'm, I guarantee you there's players who are like, nah, man, tired. I'm tired of that stick. I'm tired of his video game streaming. Like, you know, it's, just, it's irrational. It's not rational. But it's funny when you say tired, when you're like, ah, it's just tired. You're like admitting that it's not rational. And that you're just. It's almost like a default mechanism, to be honest. It's a default mechanism. We're like, ah, oh, I don't like that guy. And you can find the guy not to like. And then now when he comes up, you have a little bit. You can go get a little extra against him. Uh, sometimes you can do that with especially like the young guys i think that's big right now like with soto and with acuna and because they have lots and tatis they're lots of swag and stuff so it's a little bit extra there's a little bit extra mm, when you face them because wow they're really freaking good they're insane players but like it's just like a little like denying denying the swag is also part of wanting to beat them not just beating them it's just extra you want to do a little bit extra against those guys but that's been the been here since the beginning of time i'm sure way back people wanted to punch reggie jackson out like crazy you know what well, i mean start with the guys that played with him exactly like it's it's just this is how you play 162 games this season man you go you know you can even attribute it to the thumbs down thing it was just another way to just be like we're getting punched in the face right now we gotta you know commandeer some of these mm-hmm. some of these things to to be a positive uh force all right we got a lot to get to um because you mentioned all of it right there but let's keep going did it uh enter your brain at all that if things had escalated between the Mets and the Yankees sometimes you got to find the guy your size to go fight and I look at your team and it's like you and Familia and then I look at their team and it's like Judge Stanton they've they've just got some monsters like who would you have had to line up against uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably trying to be a buffer between Judge Stanton and everybody else. I, and to, unfortunately, Stan's one of the fired up guys too. You don't want that guy angry. Um, I actually joked with Hand 
was like, hand, you were getting ready to blindside him, right? Like, just in case. <laughs> He's like, absolutely not. I would have bounced off that guy like a. <laughs> just I'm like, you had the angle, though. He turned around like you had you had the blindside. You could have you could have made the whole thing go. And he's like, I'm glad I didn't because I just gave it. He's like, I, he was I wasn't really in a position to tackle the guy that just, you know, like, you know, I'm like, I know I knew you weren't going to. But I just think it would be funny. Um, yeah, no, I line up with, with, with those guys. It's funny, though. Um, I quietly outweigh them. So, um, well, all right. No, no, you don't outweigh Aaron Judge. Probably not Judge. He's probably got 10 pounds on me, but. I think he's like 6'8", 260. I'm 252 pounds. So Are you really? I outweigh Stanton. He's like 240. Uh, I'm, I'm a very, very dense person. And I think people who have, who have collided with me in the last five years realize that. Like, you don't move. I'm like, I'm just, well, it's just a lot of solid stuff that doesn't shift very much. Um, you are the, you're the size of some defensive ends. I'm, a, I'm 6'5", 250. Yeah, like the guys are like DK Metcalf is 6'4, 235. And like, I'm an inch taller and have 15 pounds on that guy. And look how big he looks. Right. <laughs> how are your abs, though, compared to his? Yeah, no, we're not. We're not close there. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Not yet. Not until after this offseason. Um, overall, the three game set against the Yankees at City Field with all the emotions that played into it, how appreciative are you that you got to play in it? I'm appreciative that I got to play in it. Uh, I'll be honest. I was, I had the, I had a really high stress level going, like just in general, like I was just kind of like for, for a couple of days going up to it because we had a pretty stressful road trip where we needed to win every single game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going into pretty much every time I pitched, it was just like no room for air. You got to get out of this or you're going to get decimated uh, here. And, and so there was a lot of like brain energy going into that. And, and, uh it's just it was like it was to the point where you're like there's no way to calm myself like I, it's really hard to explain but uh uh i'm i i made it made sure when i ran out there and like I, I really took in the before the game stuff uh uh ceremonies took in like the crowd and stuff because that's that is like the pinnacle right there mets yankees with both fan bases can't decide who they want to boo and who i some of the funniest there were some of the most ironic like situations that game those games that that were hilarious to me and just not not lost on us out there uh, on the team and uh, a lot of people just like how how boos were being shifted like we want to boo that our players sometimes we also want to boo you guys who are booing our players like no you can't boo them we can boo them but you can't like it was really funny and i know a lot of that was happening like people were having that like like who do we what do we do um but it was i made sure i took it in um, and I'm extremely thankful, even though I did not get it out. And it was probably one of my more embarrassing outings I've ever had. That's like, that was like my biggest fear. I was like, let's not go into the eighth inning in a sewer. Like, and then it got, it just started to build to that. I was like, it's, it's just destiny. There was a comment out. I don't, I don't know if you're going to ask me about it, but the comment about Yankee Stadium that one of our less than, less than uh, 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 attention to detail reporters decided was the main poor part of the story, the, the question when I answered it, which it 100% was not, uh, but decided to take in the context because that was going to get his uh, paper clicked on more. Um, made this oh, huge controversy out of nothing again that just made me mad. It did, how it was handled made me mad, not actually, actually what was said. So all that combined into that out, I was just like, 
just just try to enjoy it and know that this is an opportunity that like you're a small you're from a small town in washington state like now you're pitching in the subway series game with an f and uh uh nyfd hat on and on september 11th 20 20th anniversary where i was in the twin towers two months before they went down uh visiting so i don't know it was just a really crazy time in my life it's crazy come full circle and like see it like all that and and be part of it even if like the results weren't there on the on the map sure. so wow you must have been 11 11 12 11 when i was well it actually no it would have been it was 2001 so i was it was only it was uh um two weeks before my 12th birthday so i was 11 and what were you, you were just there on a family trip my sister went to university of delaware ah and she was a junior that year um and it was the end of the summer she had just moved back to school so we started school late so um actually yeah we started like mid-september in, in in uh in washington so i it was like right right up to school we went and visited and then we went all up and down so we saw all the schools in the colonial conference uh we went and saw like you know went to boston we went to new york city we went sure. all over the place and, and stayed in super eights all the time got it perfect did you even i don't think i ever talked to anybody who saw the world at 9 11 through an 11 year old lens what was it like yeah. it was i remember my mom waking us up at like 9 15 or 60 15 in the morning west coast um just turn on she said hey, you should come downstairs and i was there my brother lived my brother was 17 so we were both sitting on the couch just like i not really grasping what it meant uh and then uh she just asked you guys want to go to school and we decided to to go a little late like stay home till about nine and we wouldn't show up and like no one was there and they just put down the projectors and put up the tv and we just watched the news all day and talked about what it is like what's going on yeah. basically it was just being explained to us all day you know i was uh we had just started the best damn sports show period about two months less than two months before and my oldest son who's about to turn 21 was 10 months old and i remember holding him in my arms as i'm watching what's transpiring and i get into work and somebody said hey did you hear we think that tommy peccarelli was on the first plane and that was one of our camera people on the show. And so we're all trying to verify what had happened. And word came down and the place was just crushed. A guy who was my age, who was trying to get home from a wedding in Boston um, to see his pregnant wife who was not allowed to fly. Wow. And had changed, I believe, and I'm not 100% sure, I believe he had changed his flight to that so that he could get home earlier. And That's awful. When I tell you that uh, there's probably a handful of times, I would say probably at least once a month where I think of Tommy. We were not best friends, but we were friendly. And he was very funny and a huge Boston sports fan. Um, and I think about all the things that he missed. His son is now a freshman in college. And I actually reached out to um, his wife this weekend. You know, we had kind of lost touch. 
thankfully baseball had brought us together when I was covering the world series for Fox, they'd moved back to Detroit with her family. And when the tigers were really good in 2010 and 2011 and 2012, I would see them during the postseason, and her son would come up on the Fox set and we'd take pictures and he'd hang out and we'd have fun. And I reconnected with her this weekend, which I thought was, um, it was great. That's great. It was great. Awesome. Boy, I sit here and think all the time, like even when I'm frustrated with my kids and all that sort of stuff about, I, it, it makes me cry, man. Yeah. It was, I mean, it's, I, it, it brought our, our country together for the, I mean, I don't think we can remember a time since then where we've been together on, on, on anything that clearly. No. Um, the USA chants and stuff the other day were, where I, I know that's taken on a little bit of a different meaning in the last, you know, five years for some people, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, we, we reverted. I think it, it, it broke through that stuff and was, was, I mean, when, when, when Mets and Yankees fan are able to ch- chant the same thing together, it's, that's, uh, I think that, 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 that explains how important it is. So, but yeah, it, it meant a lot that, that day meant, it means a lot for everybody. And even though I don't have a, I don't have, a, a super personal uh you know something loss someone close it. to me a loss yeah. but uh you know it was it was just the way i being 11 you're just like i don't understand yeah. like, I, under, I know what happened i just don't get how it was possible because of the way that it made you realize so many different things to grow up pretty quick mm-hmm. thanks for sharing that um Talk about where your team is right now. As we tape, you are three and a half out of the wild card spot. This is the last wild card spot. It's a lot of teams to jump over. Mm. You probably, the fans like to play this game. They look at 17 games left. They say you got to go at least 13 and four to probably even have a chance. Is there talk you guys, or do you guys just know? Hey, we, we know. Okay. We know it's, it's not. It's not really avoidable. Um, you spend time thinking about this stuff because honestly, even if you're like, I refuse to scoreboard watch, you still have to like figure out what the hell you're doing at the end of the year. Right. And that depends on playoffs or not. You got to be like, am I extending my lease? Am I shipping my cars? Am I, am I, you know, when am I going to be home? What, what am I going to tell people hmm. that need me in October? Like, or, or just hold off, hold off, hold off, hold off. And so you have to, you have to scoreboard watch a little bit and be realistic about those things. And, and that's just reality. Like I, everyone would love me to say that we're like, we're making it. And that's like, but like, that's just not how, like, yes, we, we do believe that if we do believe we can win every single day. So like, but you have to take it one day at a time. Again, it goes back to there's 162 games and the scoreboard watching makes doing your job on a daily basis. I mean, like I have no room for error ever. That makes doing your job so much harder uh, than just, just being like, I'm going to do my job right this minute. And then we'll worry about the next time I have to do it when I get there. Um, you have to think like that or it just doesn't happen. Hey, are you like me and you got old sports cards lying around the house? You don't know what to do with them. I got a place you can check out. Greg Morris wants to buy your old sports cards collections. That's right. You got the old pieces of cardboard. You can turn that into cold, hard cash. So what is Greg Morris buying? Any older baseball, basketball, football, hockey cards. So we're talking about anything vintage that is pre-1980. Even older than that, pre-war cards, 1930s, tobacco cards, 19th century cards. If it looks old, Greg Morris wants it. 
They're going to take modern cards too, especially the ones that have been graded by a third party, you know, PSA, Beckett, all those good places. To find out more and to sell Greg Morris, your sports cards collections, go to gregmorriscards.com. Fill out the form there. Somebody will get back to you and how they can give you cash for your old sports cards. Also, follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates. Once again, it is gregmorriscards.com. Sell those cards today and get some cold, hard cash. Are these games fun or are they excruciating? The both. Um, I'm, I'm going to be honest, man. We're going to we're on 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 the last Tuesday of the season, we're playing our 17th doubleheader, which is the Mets record by eight. So uh, to say, you know, things have been excruciating and just exhausting and just uh, 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 beating us down through the whole season is an understatement. Um, and this is grueling. We got another kind of gauntlets worth with a bunch of competing teams or teams that are hanging around or, or leading their division the next two weeks. Um, and we know that that's going to be, you know, we got to find a way to win every day. Um, and, and that's, that's been exhausting, but the Yankees say Yankees, I'm going to be honest. I was, I, like I said, I, mindset wise, like there's just a lot of like, let's go find some energy somewhere and figure out a way to like get our, get our, 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 our adrenaline going here a little bit more, uh, here and finish the season strong and, and, and see where we're at. Um, but that, that, that was easy this weekend really easy like that I, i've never been just viewing watching a game on on sunday never been so freaking hype like my god that the, the france the lindor coming up and he's been getting pretty pretty regularly booed at least two of his bats pretty much every game unless he was two for two or something at that point in the game he could go a whole game without getting booed uh but he's getting booed regularly and again just disclaimer i am not saying stop booing him i'm just saying he is being okay i'm just making a statement i have to be clear about that stuff sometimes so he is and then he comes up and then because of his at bat before and all the altercation and stuff the yankees fan were booing him so hard and to watch mets fans rise up and out cheer the boos for the guy that has been gently booed for the whole season, it was like not lost on me. I was just like, this is so crazy and it could only happen here. And their hatred for the people that are that are booing their player wildly outpaces uh, their disappointment in maybe how he's played this year. And then what happened? Then the best thing ever happened. And uh, against a guy who's just not an easy at bat either. Mm-hmm. But him hitting that, by the way, he hit it directly over me. So it was like, all, I was, if you, I don't know if you can see, but I'm like pressed against the glass in the bullpen, like just watching <laughs> over and just, I don't know if you can see it, but I'm, I'm in there. I'm pressed against the glass. No, you, you can barely see me standing there. Uh, and, uh, and I remember yelling, you're not going to get that one, Joey. And it was, it was, I was, that was this clutch hype. And I was just so happy for him, man. He, it's how he did it in, in, in Cleveland. He ran yeah. off that energy. That's he he is fueled by that stuff, which I think long, long term for the 10 years he's going to be here. He this is a place where if they give him that energy, he's going to come up with a lot of those type moments. Hey, guys, uh, we know it's not an easy topic, but let's discuss it like adults. We've done it before. We're going to do it again. If you need help with any form of ED, get is the place to help you out. 
Uh, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all in the privacy of your own home. It means no doctor visits, means you don't have to uh, get any sort of prescription and go to a pharmacy. They actually send it to you. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work to find you the best treatment plan. As I mentioned, if medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. Uh, getting started, it's real simple. GetRoman.com slash JohnBoy now to get 15 bucks off your first month. Once again, it's GetRoman.com slash JohnBoy. You get 15 bucks off your first month. Go take care of this so you can take care of business, if you know what I mean. Because and it all circles back to the now the booing thing, which yeah. it all comes full circle. You know, I, Ploof and I talked a, a lot about this on baseball today, and I had zero problem with you guys doing this. Zero. Do you know what the biggest mistake in the whole thing was? Javier Baez being honest. Very, very that candid. was the whole thing that was wrong because yeah. if he just comes out and says, Hey, you know what? It's just something we we're doing to fire us uh, ourselves up. We haven't been playing real well. So we're just having fun with it. If he just says that it's a non-story, mm -hmm. but because Javi is so honest and said the truth of what it meant, because I imagine there's a gazillion there's, you guys aren't the first team to hear the booze from fans and be like, yeah, well, that fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah, that's so funny to me, too. Like, you're not like the anecdote. We're not getting booed. Or this guy got booed. OK. You know what I mean? Like someone else getting booed doesn't make it better or easier or more right or rational or whatever, whatever you want to attribute to it. They're just they're mutually exclusive, even though it's the same act uh, like 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 the, the whole thing. The, the one that just kept getting quoted over and over again, because I was, you know, I went on full PR mode for an off day, which I thought I did pretty good. But uh, I kept getting quoted. Derek Jeter got, he, he was hitting 197 after 11 games. Oh, and he got booed in Yankee Stadium once. Same, same. Like, you're like, no, it's not. It's not, because you guys would never boo him for any length of time. You would do it once after something egregious for a really long time. Then you'd feel bad, because he was, he was just, you know, but it was so funny that the anecdote was being being thrown out. Paul Laduca, an ex-player, also said, hey, we just went on a 10 day. We won 10 games on the road. We came home. We got we got 10 run by the Pirates and they booted us on the field. We just laughed it off. I'm like, that's not the same situation. You just won 10 straight games. You're now 10 and one in your last 11. You feel a little, a little bit different than we do. It's a different. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I, I get it. Like, but you can't just laugh it off all the time and don't act like you can. because it. When it happens over and over, the 50th time you're like, I just want to play and I want to feel good. Like, I want to, I want to go out there and be like, man, I'm having fun. Like, you know, you want that mm -hmm. again. And you're like, just stop, just remove a couple things and I'll be there. And I just, I can't remove them. Like, they're just in my face all day. And that gets exhausting. And I think that's, I think that's the culmination. But I also think that this thing has happened, happens all the time. And all, all kinds of teams, and they just never say anything about it, right? Including the guys across the town. They've done that a few times in the last few years. If some of the guys who are booed regularly will give it to each other because they know they hear it and they just poke fun at it, be like, Who that? Look at me, I'm doing it. Like, that's what it is. It's a, it's not a, it's using what you people think people say, We boo because we want you to play better, like as if it's more motivation and you need that or something. 
uh, and then you say, okay, but this is actually how I use that as motivation. I do that. I, I, it's mine now. I own mm -hmm. it. Like this is part of who I am. I'm going to be booed. So I'm going to use that as power to continue to get better instead of just like being crushed underneath it forever and, and, and not being able to play well, get, get over it. It's, it's a, always been a fascinating discussion for me. Because um, there's always the jerk who wants to call names and all that stuff. I put them in their own category. But then we as fans feel like we want to have a voice. Mm -hmm. Like we, we would way much rather cheer than boo. But how, oh, do we let, how do we let you know that it's not... I think the only time it's okay to boo is when you feel like you're not getting 100% effort. I feel like that's the default. And I feel like different places are going to have different standards. I also, I want to say this, boo, boo as much as you want, as long, as loud as you want. Just know that there's going to be different implications on different things based on where you are and what you're doing. That's just the way it is. If you're just going to, if you're like, hey, we should be able to boo whenever the hell we want. You know, I, I believe you should. I'm not telling, I don't think anyone should change anything they're doing, but players start doing this to each other. It's just, it's happening. They, they want to do it. They're commandeering. Right. I, I, why do they have to change their behavior? But you're not going to, you know what I mean? It's, it's just, it, it, just let people be who, who they are and, and take it for what it actually is, is supposed to be and, and do your best with it. So that's the thing I want. I want, I want New York fans to continue to be exactly the, who they are. And I will take the steps to remove the noise that I need to take to rep to remove the noise on my end, because asking them to change is first of all, futile and second of all they shouldn't have to it's their identity and it's probably this the, the the thing that fans here have the most pride in is their ability or is there is is that like we tell you our feelings immediately and yep. those immediately and those feelings might just absolutely freaking zero to 100 both ways within instance several times a game that's just what's going to happen and that's how it should be and they shouldn't change and um, um, us as pl a player group and as an organization could, could should take steps to like, you know, maybe just sand down the, the, the edges that are being bombarded in our face all the time and make it a little bit easier, even though that stuff's still happening. Everyone should be, it's a win-win at that point. I yeah. Feel like. did, did, did you guys have a meeting? Because Alderson said, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Did you guys have a meeting? Yes, we did. Several of us got up and talked um, without getting into specifics, but I, I got a little bit of a time to, to talk, talk to the room and Frankie talked and bias talked and McCann talked. And, uh, and we just, <clears throat> we just said, uh, we just went over a lot of the, why, why things are different here, especially from two guys who came from smaller markets came here and just myself looking out on, on things that um, <clears throat> there, there are times where uh, everyone's got a job to do. The media has a job to do uh the met like you said fans want want to feel included mm -hmm. to, to an extent some fans want to feel included more um than others right like they they want to be more part of the the decision making process whether or not they have expertise on the subject or not um and that's that's more prevalent here than where i was uh <clears throat> and that's fine um but at the end of the day there are certain types of input that you have to really take to heart and others that you got to kind of just nod at and go. Um, and, and some, sometimes you can't let people who actually don't make decisions run stuff or run 
your brain, like run where your mind's at a lot or be like living here. And yeah. we have, we have a little bit of media and stuff that we give a little bit too much time a day in terms of just like when they write stuff, that's just like inherently stupid, which happens there and they know who they are. So I'm not, I don't need to call anybody out, but there's, they, they're not, they're not trying to hide it or do better. They're just, that's who they are. And that's what they're going to do to get people to click on their tweets. So, uh, and that's, Again, another thing that just doesn't need to change. It's not going to change. No one's going to didn't take any sort of you know steps, and that's fine. It's just something you have to navigate as a as a player here. But we could do we we just talked a lot about we just talked a lot about how we can control noise and narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes noise and narrative gets a little out of control, um, and we have ability to 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 uh, uh, block some of the stuff out in in that we could do a little better job of. I think that's just, that was just kind of the general gist. Just like, you know, let's give Frankie Lindor, who's our spokesman and gets in front of the media every day and takes accountability for not only his own play, but like everyone's play, our whole team's play over and over and over again. And that's exhausting. Maybe we could limit that a little bit. Like sometimes he doesn't need to be accountable for stuff that's not his, his thing to do. Maybe take it off his shoulders for a day. So he gets a day to not think about mm-hmm. every problem that we all have everyone's problems he can just worry about his own i know but that's part of the reason in my opinion he got paid what he got paid Mm -hmm. is because and i can just tell you this just from being a lifelong lindor fan you know i've never seen a guy come up with the indians a play as well as he did on both sides of the ball but b i know exactly who he is yeah i know exactly who he is and yeah there's there's i just hope that nothing fake there that this year doesn't dampen his spirit it won't. And I, I think that he's just, it's, it's a learning experience. He's battling through some stuff that he's never had to do before. Right. I, I can say that I've been in the same boat at, at times um, and other guys have been. And I think in general, he, he has taken it in his stride though. Like he is not shirked from anything. He could have very easily been like, I'm not talking to media today. He's not once done that. Um, and, and I would say that the less noise that players have to have to have to deal with that's just like not constructive that is like there's a mm-hmm. difference between constructive and non-constructive a lot of non-constructive stuff a lot of people who are that's not their interest is like they say they want you to win but in reality they just want to say whatever they want uh and um the less a player in any market on any team has to deal with the stuff and and, and only has to deal with playing baseball generally they play up closer to their potential that's all i'm saying so well, I mean that's what uh, that's what they it's say. In everyone's, it's, it's, it's in everyone's interest to like pump dudes up. It's in everyone's interest. That's what we all say. Everyone says that, and and there's got to be like there's got to be actions mapping with words here. Like you got to actually like do the thing that you say. Like to get the to get the the result you want. Now that only goes so far. Obviously, it just helps. That's all I'm saying. It's just it's just beneficial. Um, and, and, and why not? It's like, why not? You know, it's not, it's not like you, I need you to tweet. Hey, you got this Adam all the time. It's just like, it's a, as it's mostly like, let's just maybe not get on their case (laughs) this one time. Right. I'm with you. I do ask you this out of respect though. Would you have booed you? Oh, oh, I deserve. No, hundred percent. I wanted to boo me. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to boo me. Especially after the the jab at how the dimensions of Yankee Stadium, which is so funny to me, it's like people were very angry at shade. At, like it was, sh- I'm like, guys, I just mentioned that 
homers don't need to go as far in the stadium. It's just, that's just uh, like, right. Just, you, you said something that was so benign. I, I get it. I, I like looked around. I'm like, the stadium was literally built for that purpose on that. in with that in mind, our guys will have more success here if we have it like this. And they're like, oh, that's great. Let's do it. That's it. And then you just be like, yeah, oh, yeah. Or just like Cincinnati, much better place to hit than City Field. Not saying change it. Again, everyone assumes saying like, this needs to be fixed. I've never said it any. It's like I'm making comment like, yeah, we all agree <laughs> that that short distance from the home plate to the line is, is shorter than most places, right? We all agree with that. Cool. That's all. And it was LOL. Haha. I even laughed. He didn't. He didn't take it as a joke. He took it as right. a, this is going to be my eye lot my, or my headline. Um, and, and then of course what happens and you, and that same person, you know, when he asked me after the game, I don't know if you knew this. I got asked two questions after the game. I've talked to the media three times this year. Okay. Once on opening day, once like in the middle of the season somewhere in today. So that means I've been doing generally my job pretty well for the whole year. If you don't mm-hmm. talk to me that much, I got asked, how do you think your outing went? Great. I, I can answer that. What wasn't and then the second one was would Judge's Homer been out of Yankee Stadium? No, did did somebody really ask that? The same guy who wrote the article and he goes, The fans would have asked me to do it. And I said, I don't care. But what I actually said, I'm like, yes. I'm like, let's do the math. 413 foot home run, 340 foot fences. 73 feet. Yes, it would have been 73 feet out. It was hit very hard. It was a terrible pitch. And that guy is really really good as seen by what he did the night before and also what he did yesterday he's a very very good clutch player he hit it and i was like oh f me i really really wanted to be popped up but it wasn't and that's it and but how would i booed myself in that situation yes especially playing the yankees especially in the subway series especially being up by three or two and blowing the lead especially on september 11th 20th anniversary all of those things would, not only would I boo myself, I would have booed myself hoarse. Like I would have booed myself to where no one had voices anymore. That's how mad I would have been. And I deserved every, every ounce of that. And I deserve actually, I deserve it every time. So I don't think there's, I don't think, I don't think they don't, I don't think that they, they, they are struggling on when. I think they do always boo at good times. It's just like you can make a case every time. Does that make sense? Yeah. But sometimes you just like need to F well, up and be like, well, let's move on. <laughs> Yeah, so ninety, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of the people that are listening to this, including yours truly, don't know what it's like to get booed. Like, okay, I get hate on Twitter. You know, like, oh, you suck, you're you're the worst. So and so should fire you. That is different than hearing boos cascading down on you. Um, like maybe the first time you heard it, were you like, Jesus, this this hurts? Yeah, I mean, been being around long enough now too. Crowd noise is, I don't know, dampened. You so can't hear the, it? You can, you're aware of it, but it's not like, you're not like, I feel like you, uh, uh, to fully, what you would do is like, you'd be able to like, see someone who is booing at you and then they get louder to you and then you do it again. And they get louder. that. I feel like that's like the suit. That's the, that's like, you want to hide. I never want to hide. I just walk through it. it just kind of like bounces off me, but you do feel it, even if it is muted a little bit. Um, because if you took it like personally every time, there's no way you'd play this game longer than a month. There's no way you'd never come up again. You melted, and and then it becomes a 
something in the back of your mind when you're pitching and snowballs. So you're like, oh, I don't want to get booed again. And that really hurt. So you can't let it hurt you that much. You can, you can, it can sting. And that one stung more than anyone in my career simply because of the situation. And because, because of, you know, how many times I watched the, the Piazza Homer, like a f- 1 million times, you know, in a, so you know what I mean? Like, they're like, and the Mets also win this, this game. Like, this is our game we're supposed to win because we are the first team to play. You know what I mean? Like, there was a value mm-hmm. attract, attract, attributed to it. So you don't want to be the guy. I was the guy. I was the guy. And I deserved, I deserved it all. I deserved everything that came at me. When you got home, I know you, you're really good at compartmentalizing things, but did Kate say anything? Does, like, hey, how was work, honey? Like, no, that we, doesn't work knew. here. She knew I, I, I use her as my therapist sometimes, but um, it actually wasn't too bad. Um, wasn't too bad. And it's, it gets harder too as the season goes, just to like let stuff bounce off you because there's not as many outings. You're exhausted. You're physically exhausted, but you're also mentally exhausted from like, I mean, I pitched 60 times. So like 60 times I've got up and been like, let's go like 60 times. So towards like, you're like, every time it gets a little bit harder, kind of muster the Hulk up over and over again. So there's a little bit of that, but then also goes towards like your anger. I was more embarrassed. Like I said, like I keep saying, I was more embarrassed. I was like, uh-huh. I was truly like, I was humiliated more than like mad about the outing. Yeah. I can give a, give a three hits, give a single in three, in three pitches, a homer in two pitches. And then with three, two on Sandy hit a single. That's literally all that happened. So like from a standpoint, yeah, you give up three straight hits, but that's happened a bunch of times. Like it just happened to be the timing. And then I didn't pitch anybody else. So, like, it wasn't like I went out there, walked four, gave up, you know, walked yeah. in a run, then gave up a grand slam, got pulled, and just could not throw a strike. I was getting ahead of guys. I just didn't get the job done. Yeah. So, from that standpoint, that's no different than any other outing. It's just, yeah. it was it was a humiliating in, in, in just, you know, how plugged in I am and stuff. I just, I was like, oh, God, from every direction, this is going to suck. But the next night, the next night, I looked and I go, Chad Green, he's getting the exact same thing. Literally the next night, and I two night two two seasons ago we had the the massacre in Minnesota with the Yankees where we like went back and forth. There was like ten blown saves in three games, and we back and forth back and forth. Remember when uh, Kicks caught that diving yes. play in the yeah in the to gap end the game went fourteen to twelve. Yeah. That game had like seventeen lean changes, and every single reliever blew it. It was like watching your your reliever all your buddies walk over a shark tank and fall in. You know, like they're like, <laughs> hey, you're up, and I didn't pitch. I had pitched poorly the last series, so they were like, they shelved me. And I was like, and I, I'm going to be honest. I was like, dude, I mentally could not handle pitching in the series right now. Like, this is crazy. Duffy blew one for the first time in ever. Latell blew one. Rodgers gave up a two-run homer to Hicks. Britton gave up a three-run homer to Sano. Uh, uh, and Chapman walked in the tying run in the ninth. Like, it was just, it was, it was every good pitcher in the league just was like having an off night at the same time. And I was like, just leave, keep me out. <laughs> I'll be the last one out here. If we go into 14th, I'll I'll pitch, but like just don't even don't even try. This is awful. So oh, God. it's just it's that team, man. It's that team. And I keep playing on teams. I keep playing on teams with like added significance to the to their matchups with the Yankees. Uh, which is which is, you know, a lot of brain energy, but also just so fun. So I I'll finish with this because <clears throat> I can see it wearing on your face. Is this the most tired you've ever been? Yeah, I'm very tired. I'm extremely tired, but that has to do with turning uh, turning 32 in, in, in nine days, uh, being in season 15. Like, it's not like I've 
you know, it's just this is all that's going to happen. And New York. And it's New York. Well, New York's got the most to do with it. And and it's just, it's very, it's just takes a lot. Everything. I say add 30% onto anything you need to do. Getting groceries, going to the field, flying anywhere, going anywhere, traveling, coming back. You're going to get, you're, it's just going to be 30% harder than it was last year with hmm. the Twins. Like everything's going to be a little bit longer, a little bit harder, a little bit more, uh, a little bit more effort, a little bit more patience. Um, and if you, and I knew that going in, but I didn't know how exactly it would manifest. And it was also, I was attributing a lot, like if you just pitch good, it'll be fine. Right. But that's just not, even if you pitch great all year, there's still going to be times where it's hard no matter mm-hmm. what. So, uh, it's just, it, it's been a really interesting thing, but no matter what I'm, I'm just like, if you can do, if you can survive and do things here and have success and like, have, and go out and do your job consistently in this city, you can literally do it anywhere. Like you can do anything anywhere. You do any high pressure job anywhere. And, and I don't want, I don't want the people that love this team and are, I don't want Yankees fans to change at all. I don't want Mets fans to change at all. I want them to keep being their insane selves without obviously hurting each other. But uh, because, you know, we saw about 85 people thrown out bringing in brawls. Um, it was, it was crazy. I mean, there was a drink thrown on, thrown at judge once and we all had to come out and like get that guy out of here. And, and uh yeah but and he was mad but he was also like you could tell he was like but i see this all the time (laughs) uh i see i see the other team getting thrown at literally every game so uh um but it's 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 so you you need it's like super it's something i'll always forget and like or always remember sorry and when i when i have kids they don't have any kids yet they're gonna they're gonna know base non-baseball trevor me they're like they're gonna they're not gonna know me as a baseball player at all probably they're not even gonna be old enough when i'm retired to even know that i'm what i'm doing and so these stories, like I used to live in Mets, I played in New York. We used to live in New York City, like because we're going to live in. They're, they're going to be like, "Mom, and Dad used to live in New York City." Like that's going to be crazy. And 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 I'm trying to find a little bit of uh, happiness in that and, and and excitement in that. That's that's really unique. That's something that's an experience, good, bad, or indifferent in the time is going to be something I'll never forget. So I'm I'm trying to think about it that way, and I'm so glad I have another year to to continue to improve and help this team and this organization continue to get better. Cause I feel like we are, I, if we go through our clubhouse though, everyone who was here last year and this year, they will say that we are better this year than last year. And that is, that is important. It's really important. It is. It's still New York. It's still New York. Thank you for sharing all that. Yeah. I'm so glad we have an episode. I'm, I'm, I'm couldn't, I couldn't remember if we talked about the booing thing la- or the thumbs down thing last time, oh, but I guess it's been a while. Between, so. Well, yeah, I, I've explained this to everybody. I didn't do a good enough job with my co-hosts letting you know about my schedule. I had a yeah. very, very small window of sh- being able to shoot uh, rose rotations because I was taping battle bots in Las uh, Vegas for two plus yes. weeks. Yes, of but course. You'll be excited to see season six. I want you to watch it. I will. It's going to be very good. It'll be out uh, in December. Awesome. Yeah. So there you go. Hey, gang, you like what I'm wearing today? Cool T-shirt with John Boy Media. Let's spin the wheel of moderately interesting things and let you get about your day job when the Mets make this remarkable run and then all of a sudden you're playing either the Dodgers or Giants in that wild card game. Yeah, give me the West Coast. You have a couple new categories, and it did not end up on one of those. It ended up on OnlyFans. Not OnlyFans, OnlyFans. OnlyFans, yes putting the emphasis on the other syllable um only fans is not what you think it is yeah. little 
delinquent. Uh, it is, what is your favorite sports team outside of like the one you play for currently? Like the, you're, the one you're most passionate about. One I'm most passionate about that I'm not on. Uh, Seahawks. I think I'd say I'd say I follow them mostly because it's an offseason thing, um, and my buddies all follow pretty closely. So that's that's when we when we get together the most is during Seahawks games. So um, I'm uh, though I'm not up to date. I know there's a lot of new new faces on the team this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not quite up to date on everybody, but I'm sure I will, I will get. But DK, well, they is, just had a very impressive win last Sunday in Indianapolis. It's uh, is Indianapolis out. supposed to be good this year? Yeah, they're interesting. Um, they've got a they've got a lot of moving parts. They've got a new quarterback, obviously, in Carson Wentz, the former Eagles guy. Um, they're going to be okay, I think. I think that they're fighting through a lot of issues, is my point. But the Seahawks are part of nobody lost in that division. Niners won, Rams won, Cardinals really impressive on the road in Nashville. That is going to be a tough, tough division. The NFC West be very interesting. It will be. Uh, did you watch, like, when they won the Super Bowl against the Broncos, Super Bowl 48, did you have, like, a big viewing party or something? Yeah, a big Super Bowl party. And uh, as soon as Cam Chancellor almost killed uh, um, yeah, Thomas, yes. we, were like, we were like, this is not going to be good for them. Well, or, no, it was that. It was he, he – what was it? They, they got a safety. Yeah, it was on the, the first snap of the game. First snap of the game snap, was a safety. No, Sean Moreno they, had to go then, cover it. Then the Seahawks scored a touchdown. It was nine nothing, and then yeah. or uh, sorry, t- yeah, nine nothing, and then they got the ball back in the first play. They threw across the middle to Thomas, and and Chancellor just almost just just destroyed him. And we're like, this is not going to be close, and it wasn't. Nope, it's awesome. No, you know the next year, by the way, our we have to watch in a green room, and I do the post game show on the field. So Super Bowl 49 against the Patriots. Sorry to bring this up, but the Seahawks locker room was right next to our green room. So they all had to walk past to go onto the field. After the interception that Russell threw, Malcolm Butler picks it off. There's still 30 seconds left, but a bunch of the Seahawks walked off the field and they're like, fucking, I can't believe that we threw the ball. Fuck them. Marshawn's walking past our room like, He's just laughing and shaking his head like, can't believe they didn't give it to me. I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is literally, I'm watching it unfold on TV, and all the guys that just played in it are walking past this door opening that I have to go out of to get onto the field. I was like, this is unbelievably raw. I better take a mental snapshot of this. I also think that that play was an audible. I think that's been pretty widely widely discussed i remember pete went out pete and went out and took full responsibility for it but i'm pretty sure that russell mm. audible to it knowing knowing that there had been no touchdowns thrown in the red zone all year or no no interceptions not one and that was the first one all season it was like 60 and 60 and zero or some stuff all i, I know he, is that high school trevor may would not have thrown that inc I mean, uh, I might have thrown it into the stand somehow that's that was my <laughs> or, issue was throwing high too much or you would have handed surprise uh trevor can't throw down crazy <laughs> all right dude it's great catching up with you let's finish up strong i would love nothing more than to see another member of the rose rotation get into the postseason i would love to and i think that going from this point we sneak into the postseason we will be hot and that is what you want to be so um 
that um, is true if you think about it like you're just lining it up to be as hot as you can possibly be to go into the playoffs that's a sweet spot to be ask the what was it the was it the 08 08 rockies no the 07 07 rockies when they won 20 to, yeah or like 19 straight to end the season yeah where matt holiday still hasn't touched home yeah yeah matt holiday still hasn't touched home and they went Where'd they get beat? They could be in the NLCS. No, they got beat in the World Series because they had like 10 days off between, you know, beating the yeah, Diamondbacks. Yeah, they swept and... all the way through. And then, yes. and then they got swept. Yes. Right? That's exactly what happened. Who 107? Uh, Red Sox. Red Sox. My buddy Mikey Lowell was the World Series MVP. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. of course, if you're an Indians fan, you just remember losing a 3-1 lead to the Red Sox in the ALCS. We would have won the World Series that year. I'm convinced. What when when else did they lose three one? That's not a good series to be in. 2016, it happened. Got a sweep. Got a sweep, man. Wow, you really, you really hammered. My God, thanks. I grew up. Call my. I grew up a Mariners fan, man. Like I got. Hey, remember that one time (laughs) when we won that one series? Got beat in the LCS. Hey, listen. One time. It's okay. You all had A Rod, Griffey, and Unit oh on the same team, and yeah, you guys all—you guys won a playoff series, so it was a good try by you. Um, we didn't win when we won 116 games. I know. Didn't beat in the LDS. I know. That's tough. Was that the Yankees too? I think. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, Clemens had a game. I have a special relationship. Let's just with the Yankees. I played for played for the two teams i'd say that that dislike play oh no i don't think the mets actually do I, it was weird how actually how downplayed the players here were like eh, whatever it's not really it doesn't really mean anything but it is both of our fan bases it's big for them but it, it just but for players in minnesota it's it's the win-loss thing mm-hmm. so it was different it was on you it wasn't your fan bases it was you guys but it is a little bit less but we 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 fed off their clashing to clash does that make sense but it's yes. not like inherent i don't think as much as it is in minnesota which is weird to say but i'd say that it i mean they i was watching the game yesterday and they were talking about the stats of like 108 and 38 against them in the last 150 games from that's that's, that's mind numbing <laughs> yeah that's a lot all right bud uh hopefully we'll catch up uh at some point maybe during the amazing playoff run by the mets yeah and yeah, not- no matter where I'm at, what's happening, whatever, um, I'm going to be doing all kinds of this type of stuff, even cool. in November and December also. So if you need me, let me know. I definitely will. I appreciate right. you. And I appreciate you guys for listening and watching and consuming everything here on John Boy Media. Special shout out to our editor extraordinaire and our producer, Robbie Shiraco, and our summer intern, Alden Stone, as well. Thanks for tuning into the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.